Welcome to the Newberry Tart Podcast. Your hosts, Marcy and Jenny, are talking and drinking their way through Newberry award-winning books, past and present. Hello, and welcome back to the Newberry Tart Podcast. I'm Jenny. And I'm Marcy. And today we're speaking with Marilyn Singer, the author of over 100 books for children and young adults. She is known as a poet, but she also writes middle grade and picture books. Um, She's also the inventor of the amazing poetry form, The Reverso Poem. Well, my newest book is not a reverso, a book of reverso poems, but it does have a reverso in it. It's called Follow the Recipe. And uh, it's a book of recipes, but they're not for cooking, although they all mention food, often as a metaphor. And uh, <laughs> the book came about because Steve and I were, Steve's my husband, Steve Aronson, we were, we had been bird watching and uh, in Jamaica Bay and we went to an Italian restaurant and we were sitting there eating uh, pasta e pizzelli. I'm sure I'm not pronouncing it correctly, but it's pasta with peas. And uh, I know it was a, I never had it before. It was a nice dish and I was eating it and I it's very hard to explain what sparks poems because it's often something that you would never expect. But I was sitting there and I thought, wouldn't it be interesting to write a book of poetry that are recipes? And Steve said, how about uh, recipes for writing a poem? And I said, I think that would be just one poem in it. And (laughs) yeah. And and I'm a, (laughs) when I get an idea for something, if I really like the idea, I cannot stop myself. I just start writing and that's it. And I've been no, it's mainly with poetry. Um, if I'm writing prose that gets a little more attenuated, I think, but, um, I, I can write sometimes as many as six poems in a day if I'm obsessed and I believe me, I get obsessed. So, (laughs) yeah. So, um, this, I just like this idea. And I just started writing a bunch of poems. Uh, and they were all kinds of, you know, recipe for measurement, recipe for love, recipe for the seasons, recipe for endurance, recipe for courage, uh, recipe for disaster, which is a phrase that we all are familiar with. So I just wrote these poems and then I gave them to uh, my editor, Lucia Manfred, who was the editor of um, The Reversos. And um, she really liked them and then said, uh, can you write it six? Can you write six more? <laughs> I went, oh, no, no. And I, of course I did. And um, that's how the book came about. And what took a while was actually finding the illustrator. It's the uh, book. Marjorie Priceman, correct? It's Marjorie Priceman. Uh, but they showed me um, some other people initially. And uh, they're very kind because I said, I don't think that's quite right for the book. And then Lucia suggested Marjorie Priceman, and I flipped out because I love her. And I, <laughs> yeah, and I thought she did a fantastic job. So um, that is how that book came about. And um, then we had to, I think the title, did Follow the Recipe didn't take too long, but the subtitle took forever. I don't know if you know this, and you probably do. Titles can just be very difficult to come up with. Um, and and uh, so we fiddled around with a lot of things. And the subtitle is Poems About Imagination, Celebration, and cake. <laughs> That's perfect. All that of which perfect. I all of which I like, by the way. <laughs> but 
but anyway, so to get back to, so that's my latest book. Um, I, you know, I have a, you want to know what's coming out? I have, yeah. I actually, I, I'm saying this, I'm not trying to be, be immodest here, but I actually had to write down the names of the books so that I could keep track of them. Really, I mean, well, the thing is also, you know, when you when you um, get a, a manuscript accepted, it often does not come out for years. So mm-hmm. I, I was like, what did I, when is that, what is that book I wrote? <laughs> you know, and I sometimes, honestly, I pick up books of mine that I wrote and I cannot remember even having written them. Well, I mean, I can bear. You've written over you know a hundred I mean. books, right? I have. A, I counted actually the other day because somebody asked me that it was over 120. Well, so no wonder. Oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah. So, and then that's all I do. I just sit and write. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I don't do nothing. I mean, I am. I actually would have a lot of trouble trying to get some other job or career because I don't think I'm fit to do it. Anything else? But You're excelling so, at this one, so I think you should. You should stay well, put. You're I guess so. You know. Yes. Uh, but thank God for my, for my husband's salary. Let's put it that way. <laughs> you know. Um, so what's coming out? Um, very soon, uh, a, a beginning reader that I wrote is coming out called "Bird Singing, Bird Winging." Ooh. And yeah, and it's it's uh, it's it's a you know it's in verse and uh, it's about birds. That's what it's about. I love birds. I bird watch a lot. So it was that was fun to write. Um, then other ones that are coming out are "Best Day Ever," which is a picture book. Uh, also in verse, I guess a lot of what I'm writing is in verse, and that one is it's based on my my great late great poodle Oji, who came before Busy, who we would walk in the woods with him, and I could just imagine him saying, "This is the best day ever," uh, <laughs> until something would go wrong, and then it would be the worst day ever, and then it would go back to being the best day ever. So, so that's coming out. Um, and then I have another another doggy book called Dog Says, Cat Says, which is the different ways in which dogs and cats view the world. Uh, and I think they're very different. And then um, I have a book of, I don't know, I don't remember exactly when this is coming out, but I have a book of poems coming out uh, about all of the Jewish holidays. And that was interesting for me. I am not uh, an observant Jew. Um, I am Jewish, but uh, a librarian asked me for a long time if I would write a book of poems about the Jewish holidays. And at first I sort of balked at the idea. I thought, I, you know, I'm not really very qualified to do this. But I got, I love doing research and I got really interested in in, in the holidays after a while. And, and I did a lot of research and I wrote a lot of poems. And then I went to nine people to vet the book and make sure I wasn't wrong or stupid or, or whatever. Um, and one of those is my husband's first cousin who was the first uh, woman rabbi in Wisconsin. She was really helpful. Um, a couple of my friends are converts, and converts tend to know more than anybody, so they were really helpful. Um, and just, a, I mean, really, I had nine people vet it, and then um, uh, my editor at Dial uh, accepted it, so I'm excited about that. Uh, and then the other book that I have coming out that I'm excited about, because it's nothing like anything I've ever done before, is called A Raven Named Grip, How a Bird Inspired Two Famous Writers. So I was at a uh, a lecture uh, about a year ago, I guess, uh, on crows and ravens. I love crows and ravens. Years ago, we had a pet crow whom we named Quoth, of course. And uh, <laughs> even though it's, it's Quoth the raven, but it had to be Quoth the crow because it sounded good. And, 
you both was just an amazing bird. This we were we were very stupid because you really it's not legal and it's not right to keep wild birds. And we actually bought this bird in a pet store. This is a very long time ago. Uh, but we did give him free reign. I'm saying him. It could have been a, a, a she. We don't know. It's very hard hard to tell because crows look the same. Uh, they're not, dim, you know, dimorphic. Uh, so we gave him free reign of the neighborhood. And he would fly around and then he would come back to his cage at night and we would cover the cage. And if we didn't cover the cage, he would scream hello at the top of his lungs every morning <laughs> and make all of the neighbors. Yeah, he was amazing. He loved me, he hated my husband. He, he did, I mean, I would scratch his neck and, and he would love it. And then Steve would go to scratch his neck and he would vary the amount of time he would allow Steve to scratch his neck before he would turn around and bite him. <laughs> <laughs> so I've always I've always loved the Crow family. I mean, they're tricksters. I love tricksters, you know. So we went to this lecture, and in the lecture, uh, the speaker said that Dickens had a raven named Grip. Actually, he had three ravens, all of whom he named, all of which he named Grip. And um, he was doing a tour of the United States. You, you know, it was his famous... Uh, first tour. He was very popular. He was popular in England. He was popular in the States. Uh, and then he was he was touring and he had just written the book Barnaby Rudge, not one of his better known books. And he decided to make Grip a character in the book. So a young another young writer reviewed the book and asked if he could meet uh, Dickens at his hotel in Philadelphia. And Dickens said, sure. And that writer was Edgar Allan Poe. Ah. So there is no primary source material that says that Poe based the Raven on grip. But every Poe scholar pretty much thinks that's what happened. And he told Dickens that, well, I like your book a lot. You could have made the Raven more ominous. Which is so funny. Really, really, really funny. So then Poe wrote The Raven and it made him incredibly famous, but but he never got any money from it. Um, But one thing that was really interesting is he got so famous that kids would follow him in the street and they would croak at him and flap their arms. (laughs) Until he turned around and he would say, nevermore, and then they would run away. Oh, my God. So that's, I just thought this was great. And by the way, Dickens' kids were not especially in love with with Grip. They were three Grips. This was, I think, Grip 1 who did this. Grip 1 would run around and bite their ankles. Oh. <laughs> I know. So, I mean, this was just, to me, this was, like, so incredible. So I decided to write a um, kind of a a picture book. I guess it's sort of a biography of a bird or historical, you know, something literary biography. Um, and, and that's coming out too. And I've seen the illustrations uh, by Edward Fotheringham and they are amazing. They are really amazing. I got so excited, you know, seeing them because they're both whimsical and, and realistic. He's got, you know, he nailed down what Dickens and Poe look like. And, uh, and I, so it's great. So I'm excited about that because it's really different from anything that I've that I've done before. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you know when it comes out? I think it may be coming out next year, actually. Okay. Yeah, I do. I think it's coming out next year. Uh, so, um, yeah, so I'm excited about that. And now I'm working on, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm amusing myself with a, uh, a short, funny novel. I'm back to, to crows and cats again. This is a, a cat and crow pair of detectives. 
I'm sorry. I've got. I love it. I love it that you like you you go back and forth from like nonfiction about bugs to like poetry about politics and you know like every cat detectives and literary crows. It's amazing how you can do that. <laughs> I'm I'm interested in a lot of stuff and I I like to I really do like to entertain myself. So if I'm entertained, that's a good thing, even if nobody else is. <laughs> but I usually also try to entertain my husband. He's he's a very tough critic. So that's a good, you know, that's good for me. So, you know, I mean, you wanted to ask me about the reversos. Um, yes. Where where did they like where did this idea come from? What inspired you? And just anything that you want to tell us about them, because I, I've been reading them since you started putting them out. And I just I think they're incredible. Thank you. Um, I, I really like writing them, but I have to be in a particular uh, games playing head to write them because they're kind of a game, you know, mm. and, and I can't I, I usually write things on um, a yellow legal pad with a pen, but the reversos I have to write on the computer because I have to be able to move the lines around and make sure they make sense. Mm -hmm. um, but for for those people who don't know, I guess I should explain what they are. Um, a reverso is one poem with two halves. You read the first half down as you would any poem, and then the second half has the lines reversed with changes only in punctuation capitalization. Uh, and uh, it has to say something completely different from the first half. So that's what a reverso is. Well, what happened was, I, I think I, I wrote about this in the back of Mirror, Mirror. I was sitting there watching um, my cat, another the late, great August, that was her name. Uh, and she was in a chair. And what came into my head was a cat without a chair, incomplete. Incomplete, a chair without a cat. And I thought, oh, that's, that's, that's nice. <laughs> that's, that's fun. I wonder if I could write any more poems like that. So I decided I would try. And I wrote a whole bunch of poems. And not all of them were fairy tales initially. But I gave them to an editor who uh, actually never ended up publishing the book. But she said, and she said, I don't think I can publish this book, but let, let me suggest something. Why don't you, you have a lot of these about fairy tales. And fairy tales work really well because you can, you know, you can get two characters with two different points of view, or you can flip the narrative. You can do a lot of things, you know, with a with a narrative like that. She said, why don't you base all of the poems on fairy tales? So once again, obsession took over and um, that's what I decided to do. I decided to try and write all of the poems and base them on fairy tales. And, um, and that's how the first book came about, Mirror, Mirror. And um, it got good reviews and, and people liked it. So then I did Follow, Follow, which was more fairy tales. And then I thought, well, the Greek myths would work beautifully for this. Um, and that's how Echo Echo came about. And now I just, I try when appropriate to insert a reverso into my other poetry books. So that's, that's basically what happened. Um, I can read, if you want me to read, In the Hood, because that's the one that I always read to people to give an example of what a reverso is. You, would you like me to do that? Oh, of course, yes, please. Okay. So this is from Mirror Mirror. And I think people will be able to figure out what fairy tale it is very quickly. 
in my hood, skipping through the wood, carrying a basket, picking berries to eat, juicy and sweet. What a treat. But a girl mustn't dawdle. After all, grandma's waiting. After all, grandma's waiting mustn't dawdle. But a girl. What a treat. Juicy and sweet. Picking berries to eat. Carrying a basket. Skipping through the wood in my hood. So that is from Mirror Mirror. Anyway, so yeah, so that's that's the example I always like to give people because I think you can very clearly hear what what, oh, what I'm up to in there. Absolutely. Yeah. And on, for anybody who's listening who is not familiar with Mirror Mirror, at the, the bookstore that I worked at for 10 years, I didn't ever not have that on the shelf. Um, it's like, wow. yeah, it's a picture book format. <laughs> it works well for littler kids, but for older people as well, as you could hear, like the, the framing of it is one thing and the, the story it tells is something different, but they work together so nicely that it's kind of great for all ages. What's also nice is sometimes, um, you, if you get in classes, you know, one, one kid can read one half and one kid can read the other half. So I've actually done some Skype visits with uh, classrooms where, where the kids present the poems to me. Uh, and yeah, and they also write their own reversos and they present the two halves that way. And it's really cool to see. So it works on that level as well. We also wanted to ask, what is your favorite Newberry book? Well, I was thinking about that. I mean, I, I, I have more than one, but I have to say that the one that immediately popped into my head is Holes. I just, I loved Holes when I read it. I thought it was a real renegade kind of book. There was a lot of nasty stuff in it. At first, when I was reading it, I got worried. I thought, wow, would, you know, a kid's going to be upset by this? And then I thought, no, they read things like Little Red Riding Hood. <laughs> so I don't think so. And I read the book again uh, recently because I knew I was going to talk with both of you, and it holds up. I think it's really a, a terrific book. So that came to head to my uh, to my mind. Um, the year 2015 was one of my favorite Newberry years because the winner was the crossover, mm-hmm. which I had read beforehand and actually did a blurb for in one of the editions. And the two honor books were Brown Girl Dreaming, which is magnificent. And El Defo, which is magnificent. And I I loved all three of those books. And I especially love it when poetry wins. So some of my other favorite, uh, these are all honor books for Dark Emperor, Joy Sidman. Oh, I love that book. She's a fantastic poet. The Surrender Tree, Margarita Engel, mm-hmm. Carver, Marilyn Nelson, and Long Way Down, Jason Reynolds. And I loved all of those books. And they made, it made me so happy to see that um, they were honored. So I'd like to see more poetry win, and it doesn't have to be my poetry. It could be just poetry. I want to see, you know, more more poetry out there. Uh, you know, that excites me. Well, it also, um, one thing, like all the books you mentioned, and of course, all, all your work, it always, um, it always just reminds me that poetry sometimes gets a, gets the short end of the stick. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like, it, people talk about poetry, like, is this staid 
format or stayed genre. And it's mm-hmm. really not. It's always changing, always moving. From what you said, I mean, there's not one kind of poetry. One of the things um, that I always tell people is um, I have a friend, uh, Andrew, who said to me, I, I don't I don't like poetry, but I like your book, Mirror, Mirror. And I said, no, no, no. It's not that you don't like poetry. It's that you have not found the poetry that you like. And I would like to see uh, educators, you know, like try to fit, you know, fit the books into the hands of the the people who would like to read them. You know, there's really there's different books for for different kids. If a student is interested in cars, there are books of poetry out there on cars. Uh, I have not written them <laughs> because I am not interested in cars. No, I, I'm, I'm joking. Now, but, you know, no, there's a there's a lot of things. There's a lot of uh, poetry about sports. There's just there's something there for everybody, I think. And you're absolutely right that I poetry seems to have this reputation of being stayed, and I don't know why. All I can guess is that the poems that have been taught in school and the way they were taught affected people badly. Mm-hmm. It's like let's rip this poem apart to shreds, and a lot of times they were poems that were. Uh, not, I'm not going to say they're bad poems, but they were not poems that maybe immediately appealed to the people who were reading them, or they weren't mixed in enough with poems that would appeal to kids. You know, I mean, you could mm-hmm. you could present something that's more of a classic and say, okay, now we're gonna we're gonna tackle something that's trickier today. You know, um, so that's what I that's what I think. I think things are changing. I hope so. I think more teachers are working with poetry. I'm glad we have Poetry Month, although I wish it wasn't just one month and everything confined to a month. You know, I'm so happy to be doing this interview with you, which is not, <laughs> no, I'm serious. You know, I mean, I get uh, a lot of requests in April, which is lovely. And I'm not bad-mouthing those. It's just that they all come in April. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> of the year you know <laughs> you exist 11 other months of the year writing poetry so yeah I would like to read um I don't know how much more time we've got but I wanted to read a poem from follow the recipe if that's okay with you of course mm-hmm. of course I think, I think it's very apropos I've been reading a uh, recipe for endurance a lot but today I want to read recipe for courage because it fits there's always a chance to be brave to choose a bold way to behave, tasting your very first bagel with locks, returning a bullied kid's mango juice box, delivering rice and beans to feed hundreds of people badly in need at home or in a foreign land, to take a risk, to take a stand with something light or something grave. There's always a chance to be brave. That's beautiful. Thank you for Thank that. You. Yeah. I, yeah, I think I th- you're right. It's very timely. People need to hear. I think so. I think so too. Uh, it's a, it's a tough time. It's a, a necessary time though, I think, you know, and that's a whole other discussion. So Thank you for having me, and uh, good luck to all of us. Yes. <laughs> that way. Yes. Yes. And uh, yeah, and take care, and have a have a wonderful day. You too. Do, do something great. I'm gonna I'm gonna plant things in the ground. That's oh, what's that favorite. that and writing. Yeah, that writing and bird watching are keeping me sane, and also also cooking. Although my husband does more of that. Thank God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, he's really good. 
Yeah, hikes, and then I can't really sew well enough, so I just I've been cutting cloth patterns out for the for the cloth masks for my friends who are oh. um, nurses. Like they have a whole enterprise going on in Atlanta of getting cloth masks to hospitals, so I can cut. I can cut stuff. <laughs> I can't sew. That, that's more so. than I can. I can't cut or sew. It's like, you know, I mean, I, I can cook okay, but my knife skills suck. You mm. know, I mean, and someone said, well, you could take a course on that. I said, yeah, uh, from distance, that would really be helpful. <laughs> First, you take your knife. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, dear. <laughs> take we, care. We will run. Thank you so much. Bye. Carolyn. Bye. Thanks again for joining us today on Newberry Tart. Again, we were talking with Marilyn Singer, who has tons of new books out this year and probably every other year. So just check our show notes to find out information on publication dates for each of those. Thanks for listening. Bye. Production assistance for Newberry Tart is provided by Raphael Siebenman and Liam Grove. Graphic design by Liz Meitinger. Intro and outro by Ariana Hargrave. Theme music for this podcast is provided by the laid-back and local Throckmorton Ukulele Band. You can hear more of their music on Facebook. Find more Newberry Tart episodes at iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Our website is Newberry Tart. That's N-E-W-B-E-R-Y-T-A-R-T dot com.